Hello, we're the Sticky Button Boys. I'm Michael. And I'm not. Welcome back to the podcast. It is the final. It is indeed, and it has been quite the ride across the season. Ooh, I love a good ride. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're going to do something quite different this week. We're going to cast our eyes back across the whole season before we jump right into the final. But before we do that, you've guessed it, we've got some ads. You lucky things. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So here we are, the end of series... What is it? Series 13. I think this year's series. uh, (laughs) What do you think? I have thought that this year the Bakers have been amazing. But I do think that challenges, like I think the production team have kind of dropped the ball a bit. Yeah, it feels like the cast has been really good. We've gone back to like the classic kind of Bake Off cast of a really diverse lineup, which has been fab. But the the challenges have got more and more American, it feels like. And the time they've had to do them have got less and less, especially this week, which we'll get on to. But like, it's just felt like the challenges have been setting them up to fail towards the end, especially. Yeah, I think that Bake Off isn't all about jeopardy. And that's what this time it's just been, okay, everyone wants to see people fail people don't watch Bake Off to see people fail it's fun to see a few things going wrong but when everyone doesn't really produce something that's that great it's not that good it's quite hard like I guess though if you think about it from a producer's perspective playing devil's advocate you know me but like it's quite difficult because you want the jeopardy right you there needs to be jeopardy for us to enjoy the episodes and like some of the most famous moments in Bake Off challenge history has been like the wrong custard being used or stuff being thrown into a bin or like those those moments of true like oh my gosh I can't believe this is happening but it's quite hard to construct those. So you kind of want them, but constructing them makes it bad. It's quite a hard tightrope to tread, no? Yeah, and it's they are trying to balance it. I know that one of ours, I think when in the semifinals, we had way too much time, so they kind of got the time a bit wrong. But they're going to come anyway. It's as if they've been trying to push that for every single challenge, rather than allowing some of the challenges just to be quite nice and the kind of thing that people tune into Bake Off for. Yeah, I wondered whether if they were to give them the right amount of time, but then just really encourage them to add more stuff to the bake. So the the bake itself, they have enough time to complete, but then they're being asked to do kind of more decorations or kind of push the idea, the concept a bit further. Yeah, It just feels this year like it's just been impossible. And the Americanized bakes, I think, they have an American baking show. So I don't know why we're doing them so much on the British one. And like some of the challenges this year, like tacos has been terrible. Yeah, I mean, Sandro did not need any encouragement to do anything extra though, Michael. <laughs> no, that's true. Famously just added. <laughs> yeah, with this this episode in particular. What do you think was the best challenge of the whole series? Oh, Can you remember any of the challenges across the whole series? Yes, I can. I actually quite liked the 
well, it didn't really fit for patisserie, but I liked the patisserie showstopper because I loved seeing them use biscuits and things as a structure um, mm-hmm. rather than just having all of the supports and things that are normally there. But it didn't really fit for patisserie week. So that's probably not a very good example. Yeah, I think it was a really good challenge, but perhaps in biscuit week, not in patisserie. My best challenge was the lemon meringue pie. I thought that was the absolutely, that, that was brilliant. That was the best part of Bake Off this, for me this year. The instructions being make the pie, but it's also something that we all do make at home. And I, I liked that. Um, worst challenge of the season. To me, the thing that I didn't want to eat at all were the spring rolls. Yeah. They were big and heavy and, oh, no. They, were, they, were, they weren't meant to be big. <laughs> I think that might have been a problem with the bakers. <laughs> well, I don't know. that. But even the ones that they had were still bigger than normal. Yeah, I, it was not a challenge for me. Yeah, and mine was tacos. I didn't get tacos because by the time they actually made the taco, the rest of the challenge was just cooking, which famously is not what the show is about. And again, it didn't look like you wanted to eat them. Yeah, I agree. Favourite moment of the series? I think my number one moment was Abdul and Shabira making actual feathers instead of feathering. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. But then the feathers being better than the actual feathering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. It's weird when you look back across the whole series, you kind of, you just move on, don't you? You forget what they've done. And it's quite weird being a baker as well, because you spent all this time that you've poured into all these bakes. And then actually, when people look back at the series, they have no idea what you made. Like we could tell you exactly what we made every single week of our year. No one else probably could. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think when you say moment as well, favourite moment, can compost carol just be a moment she was the moment she was yeah. uh, she was an icon she was a legend and she was the moment glocky molo they did have some <laughs> legends this year because kevin as well kevin was the moment kevin's fury at being asked to just bake <laughs> that, that, that was basically it whenever he was asked to bake which was the mo of the show there was fury and panic in his eyes oh what yeah. a legend and his resting frown face <laughs> Well, a big thank you to all of our fallen soldiers this year, especially May Sam, whose use of the wrong baking implements will never be forgotten. <laughs> favourite bake of the year. My favourite bake was Shabira's Jiggly Jiggly... The custard something? The custard cake. The custard gatto. Well, officially, that definitely was the best bake of the season because that was mine as well, so no one else gets to say anything. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just iconic. And actually, to be fair, everything Shabira has done even when it's looked a bit like a haunted apple, has just been absolutely iconic. Like the flavours have been brilliant. The textures have been brilliant. She's actually brought something quite new to a show, which is a little tired, a little tired and ageing, a bit like you, David. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so last week we asked all of you for your miscongeniality for the series and we did get quite a few messages in. Well, it was a tough one to try and get because this, yeah. there was a lot of good ones this year. Yeah, the top three did come down to three boys. Mm. So in third place came lovely James of the Tattoos. Very Ooh, cute. James. Very cute. <laughs> in, <laughs> that was very nice. Thank you, David. <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe producer Alex would put some clapping, but yeah, I tried to do it myself. Instead, we got a woo, ah. <laughs> I was going to clap and I thought that's probably a bit harsh for the microphone. I'm not a professional like, podcast. It was I like you this. burned yourself or something. <laughs> like, ah. uh, <laughs> I can't wait to hear what we get for second place. Second place was Kevin, the week seven member. <laughs> I did some gentle clapping. That's probably really loud. I don't know. It's also it's more offensive, really, isn't it? Just like a very quiet clap. Just one oh, person. No, oh, yes, Kevin. I love Kevin. The winner, who I think it's no question, really, it was always going to be this person, was, of course... 
me. Um, I was really... <laughs> <laughs> you genuinely got me there. It was not you, Michael. I mean, yeah. It was Janusz. It was Janusz. Yes! It was always going Yay! to be our boy, Jan. Uh, what a legend. I actually met him last week and he said that if you don't... Basically threatened me and, and um, said that he was going to do something horrible to me if I didn't say it was his name. So Janusz, it was you. Yes, but he actually was Miss Congeniality. Yeah, he, he won the heart to everyone this year. So congratulations, Janusz. Um, you are our winner and we'll give you a plate at some point maybe a paper one so on to the final michael how nice was it to see the garden party i really like it when it's empty before the people come the day before yes it is weird seeing it empty i guess i never saw it empty in real life but it was nice seeing like a full garden party back at welford park all the bakers back and involved and i quite enjoy playing the game because the production company the production team are all in the background during the garden party so yes. i like playing the game of spotting which ones i can see like the two kids that were eating at the beginning of uh, the party kind of at the end of the episode were the floor managers twins and i reckon you can them from Instagram and I was like ah so that kind of stuff's always lovely I liked that but finals are always quite a hard episode really like they're always a bit flat I think yeah because it's like the build-up isn't it it's always hard to kind Mm. of keep on building right to the end I was a bit confused by all the giant animals until they started talking about the episode and it was global world week or something sustainability or something like that yeah i think they could have called it sustainability week i don't know you're right it felt strange they only really brought it up kind of halfway through the signature as well i was like maybe they could have made a bit of a bit more a thing about it but i liked the idea of it yeah i really liked it so signature okay this week michael i was determined to write down properly what was happening in the signature <laughs> technical adjustment. i genuinely was and then each time something happened like a later messaged me my cat started playing with my foot so i hope i've got this right signature Summer picnic using seasonal ingredients from across the UK. You needed to do six mini cakes, six vegetarian pies, six finger sandwiches from a classic white sandwich loaf. And you had three hours to do it. Oh, I'm so proud of you. It's taken 11 episodes. We've got yes. this. Shall we do like a quick, like, what, what was it you did? Ah, that noise. <laughs> Ooh, ah. Ooh, ah. <laughs> so the crowd is really far away. That's the problem. There's <laughs> one member. It's one person in the crowd and they're a long way away. <laughs> so, I mean, also for me to try and get that one right, that was a lot. What the hell? What did you think of that? What are we doing? Like, what's happening? That's um, not even a signature. I, that's a showstopper. That's a showstopper. That's beyond a showstopper. It's too much. I don't know why they've moved into this place with Bake Off where they feel like in the final, you need to do a bread, a pastry and a cake and a biscuit like I don't know why we have to do all of those things your year or our year it was a chocolate cake and I liked that because it was like do a chocolate cake but do it really well in a short amount of time and that's traditionally what they've done for the signature because the final is obviously the showstopper is always going to be do a million things generally mm. they've done a signature where it's something quite simple and it's testing you just with the time and this mm. time they just I mean positive things I loved the seasonal ingredient idea I loved the fact it was vegetarian I loved Abdul's shirt like there were some good things oh I loved Abdul's shirt and did you see that Prude dressed like a lemon when she was outdoors <laughs> that was very nice of her because they were fucking sour this week I can tell you that um and outside when Paul was like you need to have practiced I mean you can't practice for this in the final week like you get home from filming then you've got to do your backstory filming where everyone cries because you're in the final then you've got two days to practice and then you have to go back to the tent there isn't any time yeah there's no time to practice and when you've got so many things for a signature as well as so many things for a showstopper then it's just not really fair which is I think the theme of this week for me is it wasn't really fair 
yeah, it just didn't work out for me. But let's talk about what they were doing. So Abdul in his lovely shirt was doing a leek, onion and rocket pie, carrot and beetroot sandwiches with cream cheese, and then cherry and tarragon mini Swiss rolls. I mean, fine. The mini Swiss rolls sounded lovely, but because you were firing through them so quickly, it was kind of weird. You kind of got that, that feeling like when you're in week one, because in week one, you can't remember anyone's names or their bakes. And in the final, while we know who they are, we couldn't work out what they were doing because they were doing so much. No, I have to say, I didn't even really concentrate on flavors and things and what they were doing because I was kind of looking to see if their bread was baking and things like that because that was more interesting than the actual flavors. But we barely kind of got to see that really. Like it was just, it was all just, there was so much going on that I couldn't really work out what was happening. But I will say it was lovely hearing Abdul speak Urdu. That was really lovely to hear kind of in the tent. And then I thought about it when he was speaking. I kind of brought it out to a wider context. It was really lovely because it was an all people of colour final, which I don't think we've seen for Bake Off ever before. And then this is going to be broadcast across Britain, but also across the world. And having such a diverse final full of all these different people with lots of different backgrounds being represented, lots of different types of people being represented and lots of different languages being spoken. I thought that was really... Oh, that was quite moving for me, I oh, thought. Look, we're finding all the positives. I mean, that's one. <laughs> no, there's another one. I loved Shabira's American accent. Oh my God, yeah. I actually like it when people do an accent badly more than when they do it well. <laughs> it tickles me. I loved it. She was dressed like the sky, wasn't she? Or like one of those plates. You know the plates that are like white with blue bits on them? Oh yes, she was, yeah. She looked gorgeous, I thought. I loved her idea for things. Like she did take the idea of the little pies with little quail eggs in the middle and a broad bean and salsa verde. I did remember that because that was a bit different. I was thinking, "Mm, that's my kind of sandwich. What I remembered was the elderflower Swiss rolls with strawberry and rosemary cream. That sounds absolutely exquisite. Elderflower and rosemary. I've never thought of that before, but because rosemary is very fragrant, I think that would be delicious. I'm going to try that. It would be gorgeous. Yeah, I do lemon rosemary quite a lot of the time and that's not in a different world from that so that sounds gorgeous. Sandro doing redemption bakes for himself this year adding two more challenges to the already impossible challenge. Thoughts on that? Yeah so it wasn't really redemption was it because one of the things he's been brought to task on the most is doing too much and to like do (laughs) and I know a lot of people were complaining that Paul didn't try these actions he did but they're kind of probably getting a bit annoyed because he just keeps on doing this. He just keeps on adding more and more elements that are not required. It felt strange. Like, I like the concept of doing a redemption thing. Like, um, if you can find a way to kind of make it work within the constraints of the challenge, whereas it felt like his redemption thing, he added on to the challenge. Like, remember when when you did your final showstopper, you did fig rolls as a redemption thing from earlier in the year as a conversation we've been having. Like, I like that kind of idea of bringing back in, like a bit of a tie back. But yeah. the actual bakes that he was doing weren't the tiebacks. It was additional stuff. He said it was redemption, but he also didn't really do it because another thing that they complained about was everything was always big when they asked for it to be small. And again, everything was huge. And that's what they complained about. So I think the idea was the good. First for everything. You're complaining about something being big when it was supposed to be small. <laughs> I suppose that's fine, actually, though. Being under-promised and over-delivered is lovely. No? Yeah, quality over quantity, though. Well, I suppose it depends on the quantity. But um, I think it was rude of Paul. Yes, they didn't ask for them, whatever. But there's only three of them in the tent. You've got the time. Eat the fucking tart. I think Shabira had a little bit of an advantage being able to lay the eggs that she was using in the challenge. (laughs) It seemed like she kind of really kind of settled into her time with Matt and Noel, who actually wasn't in that challenge. Where was Noel? What do you think? Do you think he had gastroenteritis? Was he shitting himself? Well, they wouldn't have let him back in the tent the next day if he was shitting himself, would they? It has to be like 24 hours. 
Uh, maybe he just had a headache. Or maybe he just couldn't be bothered. He was a bit tired of it all. He seemed quite fresh the next day. Yeah, I feel like this whole challenge, I was a bit like, Ugh. I mean, they all did fine enough in the judging. There was no innuendos apart from when somebody said to Abdul, a bit thick, to be honest, then it would have been better. But that's a bit of a stretch, even if it comes to an innuendo. So I was yeah. a bit disappointed. <laughs> they all did well. I mean, I think the overall thing for me was like the point of this one, it should have, everything should have looked really neat and pretty. And it didn't look as neat and pretty as it could purely because they didn't give them enough time. So it wasn't their fault. On to the technical. Now, this was one where someone definitely... Elena was messaging me in this one. So all I've written is summer pudding bomb dash raspberry comma two hours. Not far off. Summer pudding bomb. They had to make an elderflower and berry jelly, a creamy meringue mousse encased in a raspberry soaked bread. And they have to make it in two hours. I mean, I was quite far off then. That was... <laughs> well, I was being kind. <laughs> but we used to make summer puddings at home all the time, like with like white bread soaked in raspberry syrup with fruit inside. We didn't do the mousses and stuff like that. But like, this wasn't that far out of my understanding. Did you know what it was? Yeah, I know what a summer pudding is, mainly because I try and avoid them because I don't really like the soggy bread. Oh, that's the best bit. Is, oh. it, a way, is it so you can use up the old bread? Is that why you do it? Yeah, you use up your bread and then you put like evaporated milk on it and it's... oh. It is just exquisite. I mean, I did actually think the idea of this technical was good. And I really actually quite liked the fact that they had the loaf that they'd baked in the first challenge. So I did think it was a good challenge. I mean, it's lovely, but like, what if you'd fucked it? Like, what if you'd fucked it on the bread? What then? What I know. Then? I was thinking of the same thing. Like, all three of them had good breads from the first challenge. If you'd had like total failure, I mean, they wouldn't have been able to even start the challenge. Right, exactly. So like... It was, I enjoyed it like you did. I enjoyed it because they'd all made the bread and it was fine. And realistically, you should be able to make a basic white sandwich loaf. But also part of me was like, we need to be careful of getting into having one challenge influence the other because the whole point is the slate is wiped clean in between. And if one challenge you've really messed up and then the the next one is completely related to it, like if there was no bread, for example, they couldn't have made the bomb. Yeah, true. And guess what, Michael? They didn't have enough time. Didn't have enough like, time. Like, this Surprise. was, again, like, this one. And the thing is, the thing that's really harsh is you're used to seeing it where some people, like Priya on Aya, Priya would be on, in her own little world and she'd just be, like, wandering around and then she didn't finish on time. That's fair enough. When you've got three people who are all, like, multitaskers, firing on all cylinders, and they can't even come close to finishing it and have enough yeah. time to set, that's not okay. I think that's what people have been frustrated with. People aren't just wandering around the tent in their own world. They're firing off Like they're going for it And they still can't do it in time They were trying really really hard If none of the pat bomb Or what um, Sandra called a pat a bombay If none of that is set Then there wasn't enough time For them to make it in the first place But actually I agree The challenge itself Bread thing aside They're having to make a jelly They're having to make a meringue mousse And they're having to make a raspberry syrup And then they're going to have to assemble that That's actually not that hard It's just that two hours wasn't enough time For all those things to set but why not just do a summer pudding then? Why do a summer pudding bomb? Like that's the, I think there was too many elements as well because um, it, you didn't really follow everything. I didn't even understand why they were making the meringues, to be honest. And then suddenly it's like, oh, they're putting that in that. Like, I think a summer pudding. But that's because you were texting Elena. You weren't concentrating. That's not on them. That's on you. That was Elena shouting about how rubbish the challenge was. <laughs> did, you, did you see uh, Sandro say that he only knew two berries? Raspberry and strawberry. <laughs> yes. Quick quiz, David. Quick quiz. How many more berries can you name? Go. Uh, blackberry. Yeah. Loganberry. Yeah. Gooseberry. Yeah. Nickberry. 
Sure. Because he was actually the food producer. Oh, he was. Nick Berry, very lovely. Lovely yeah. man. Lovely man. What was that berry that Maxi used that time? Cloudberry. Cloudberry, yeah. Blueberry. Yeah. Interesting that you went to Cloudberry before Blueberry, but sure, yeah. Grapeberry. Teaberry. Uh, um, Have you had a teaberry before? Yes, elderberry. Yeah. Um, um, Youngerberry. Juniorberry. Seniorberry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've done better cherry than... Cherryberry. Cherryberry. <laughs> we've done better than um, than Sandro. But um, <laughs> yeah. uh, he also didn't bloom his vegetarian gelatin, which was a bit of a gutting moment, really, wasn't it? Do you know how you have to do that? No, I've actually not used... I've used the agar agar, which is very simple to use. I've actually not used vegetarian gelatin. I would have been in exactly the same position. I would have just thought, I'm used to using gelatin. I do not know there's a difference. So I wouldn't have thought to boil it. I think that that's one of those harsh things where the whole thing fails if you don't know one little thing. Yeah, but I... So I saw lots of criticism of this online. I didn't mind this bit, really. Like, because Abdul and Shabira did know... And he didn't. And that's just the same as what happens, like, for example, our year. We're referring to our year a lot this week. But when Steph put cold water into her ban Marie by mistake or like little silly mistakes like that happened yeah. all the time. I didn't really mind the gelatin thing. I did mind the pat bomb thing, because even if his pat bomb had set, his jelly would have kind of been held by the set pat bomb. The pat bomb was the problem. They all just made red cow pats, really, didn't they? Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think the fact that if the other two hadn't also got it, it would have been a disaster. But the fact that they knew what they were doing, they didn't look very pretty. And Paul and Prue were a little bit harsh. I mean, this was the thing that people were really pulling on because like Paul did actually then just say, oh, they didn't have enough time. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. that's on you. Yeah, well, it's not really on him. It's on the producers. But yeah, in the context of the show, it's on him, I suppose. And also when he said, don't clap for Abdul, I was like, fuck off, Paul. Like, why are you being so horrible for? I know, how rude. <laughs> Apart from anything else, like, against all the odds, Abdul had basically made it. It was yeah. fine. And to be fair to all of them, like Sandro, he'd made one mistake, but actually the rest of his elements were all right. Like his, his pat bomb was the same as everybody else's. He'd managed to soak the bread. Yes, he'd made it into circles for no real reason. But like he'd done all the other elements. There was just one element that had gone wrong, but they weren't separating it out. They were just being, it just felt like they were being cruel for cruel's sake because that created jeopardy, whereas it just felt like they were scolding people who were trying their best. And that's not what yep. Bake Off should be. So two not so great challenges. Onto the showstopper! It's <laughs> a very negative episode, isn't it, really? I know, but I think we're actually being quite nice compared to Twitter. Shall I tell you a joke to kind of lighten, it up, lighten the mood? Oh, yes, please. Um, why did the bicycle fall over? I don't know. Because he was too tired. Hey. <laughs> You're not even getting a... <sighs> you didn't get a... <laughs> You didn't get that, sorry. <laughs> anyway, back onto the shit show. But here's the showstopper. <laughs> so, the showstopper. Again, I, all I've written for this one is edible sculptures, a large cake base with at least three other baked elements and they had four and a half hours. You're nearly there. Celebrating our planet was the bottom Celebrating one. Celebrating our planet. Um, I didn't hate this challenge, actually, to be fair. Like it, sometimes they're like an outdoor landscape created entirely of baked goods and it's like well no one like what like this at least had some sort of direction and it kind of felt like there was a theme that they could all work within and that kind of stuff i just still don't understand why we have to show off all these additional baking skills just do one thing really well like nadia's year she made three separate wedding cakes and that was it but they were great and they were lovely and it was wonderful and you got to see more of their personality rather than all this bloody faffing around no yeah, I do think that if you're going to have a time where it's just like, okay, make it really difficult because they've got to do so many things all at once. The showstopper is the time that you can do that, but they'd already done it for the 
signature. The technical was a mess. So it kind of just felt like we were all a bit stressed and it'd have been really nice just to have had like, yeah, just make a wedding cake. Yeah, it just felt a bit excessive. But I liked, I mean, Abdul's concept was lovely. The whole idea of Save the Bees. And that also gives you a very clear kind of flavour profile to follow for the entire bake. So the honey cakes, the blackberry jam. I mean, I only wrote down cake flavours. I couldn't work out what was happening up up top. Um, I'm much more focused on the bottom. <laughs> but the, <laughs> but I love the idea of the honey flavours. And I we finally saw some really nice stuff from him this week. Like he was definitely still crushed from Finding Nemo. Finally learned his name. Thank you everybody who wrote that in he was still like very much dude man he was duding around i mean it was a good a good bake yeah i think they all held it together quite well actually considering how stressful it was they all did seem to be having quite a lot of fun while they were doing it Mm. i loved abdul reading noel when noel was like these are equations and he was like those are not equations, but numbers. And then just walks off. It <laughs> just runs <laughs> off, yeah. <laughs> it is funny because nice. by the final, you do get used to kind of just dealing with Noel as you bake and as you're like mm. running around doing other things. Yeah, yeah. Was it just me or did it go really quickly? They didn't seem to give much airtime to the showstopper. Like I was looking at my phone for two seconds. I was like, oh, they're halfway through. It did seem to go very fast. It was like you blink and you miss it. Um, Sandro's bake, hard to say what was everything that was in that because there was so much going on, but his bottom was lemon and plum cake, which sounded nice. Yeah, but then very, very much overbaked. Like you could see right from the start where he was saying, oh, I don't bother putting a timer on. I just like, I mean, that's fair enough if you're at home. I mean, and you'd still forget. But when you've got mm. 20 other elements going on, you are definitely going to forget. Like put a timer on. Did you see about Sandro's disappearing tip? He spent quite some time rummaging in his drawers to find it. Did you see? <laughs> Just gone, completely gone, completely gone. And he had some very big plums, apparently. Shabira was making an orangutan cake holding a forest on top. Her base cake blew my mind. A black pepper Genoese with blackberry jam. Oh my God, that sounds incredible. I think from the start, I picked her as a winner because mm. it was just spectacular, a whole cake. I love the look of it. The only thing that would have improved the whole thing for me would have been, you know, her orangutan had that funny cheeky face. You know, those comedy teeth sweets. If she'd put some of those teeth into the orangutan. Like those cursed hedgehogs. You know, the cursed yes, hedgehogs exactly. always have like human teeth and it's really horrible. Yeah, I would have loved that. I wondered whether it could have done without the face. I mean, famously, she hasn't done great at piping faces in the past. And maybe this wasn't the moment to do it again. But like the, the, the flavour of black pepper Genoese, and I've come back to it, that just sounds incredible. And then like inverting meringue kisses to make the, the canopy of trees and... The fact the face was lots of biscuits stacked sideways to make the face rather than making it out of anything else. Like some people would often use things like um, that marshmallow rice crispy treats thing to make a face. The fact she, she stacked them all sideways in different sizes to make a face shape. It's just really, it's the ingenuity of Shabir that I've loved this year. Yes, once again, she brought new things. Like everyone else's were the kind of typical things where you stack things and then you stick profiteroles on, which is fine because you don't have time to think of these bakes. But Shabira mm. still managed to think of different ways of doing things. Yeah, she's just a genius, isn't she? On to the judging. Now, I think Noel slightly sabotaged them because he had a jumper on that with the angle of the camera, it was a bit trippy and it made all their bakes look a bit strange. I didn't notice this at all. Were you smoking something during this? <laughs> Yes, no, wasn't. <laughs> uh, she wasn't. Um, the judging was all fine. I mean, they all liked the flavours and there's one of them all to be neater, basically, across the board. Yeah, with the final judging, they don't often go in hard. Like, they often are very positive. And that's why mm. sometimes you're looking yourself and thinking, OK, which ones have actually done better and worse? Because mm. they tend to be nice and positive at the final. Yeah, did you notice that Shabira's orangutan's face looked a bit like a character from Wallace and Gromit? 
Like it had a bit of like the Ardman animations about oh, it. Oh, the big, a bit yeah, like the chicken big run, circular mouth, the yeah. big circular mouth. Yeah, I mean they all did good. Sandro didn't get to produce everything he wanted to, but I think they all looked good. They all had enough to be proud of, I think, in what they'd made. Yes, and then they all walked out into the garden party. It was so lovely seeing all the bakers. the garden party. And Kevin and James had their kilts on, of course, the lovely boys. Oh, they did. It was really lovely. Scotland. Really lovely to see them all. Um, although I did notice on the garden party, they put all the bakers like in a very like socially distanced bubble away from everybody else. Did you spot that? Bit strange. Yes, and I didn't see any of them as tipsy as you were for our final. Yes, none of them smashed the glass, broke the dungarees and tried to storm the winner <laughs> to try and give them a hug. Um <laughs> But they did the classic thing, who the winner is, blah, 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 the long wait. And it was Shabira, Shabira, Shabira. Shabira, Shabira. Her bakes do not lie. I mean, a very well-deserved win, I think, really. Yes, very well-deserved. Again, even the family didn't rush up. It was what I think they definitely told them and they all listened to not <laughs> run up to the bakers um, after the one. But it was lovely to see. She was so happy. She was, it was, it was really nice. The first um, woman winner for many years now, I think. For five years. But well-deserved. And I think from across the entire series, I think you can tell that she, she really deserves it. She's been consistently brilliant. There's never really been, she's always been a top, never a bottom, has Al Shabira. Yeah. So congratulations to her. Also, very strange that the closing segment was so short. Normally you get like a bit of like each person's life. I was gutted about that, going through what the bakers have been up to. And instead they just showed them where they were just having a couple of selfies. It's like, that's one of my favourite bits. Yeah. Like, I was annoyed that I even went through the last advert break just to be able to watch that because yeah. I was looking forward to it. It's such a weird thing and like, it's kind of like a given that you're going to meet up with bakers from past years now. Like, it's not... I don't know. Or maybe that's just me that's thinking that. I don't know. But I wanted to see what they were doing with their lives. Not yeah. just meeting Rahul. <laughs> now we're going to have to follow him on Instagram. So another year's finished, guys. And we have a very, very worthy winner. We have a cast of brilliant bakers this year. Bake Off, try harder next year. Thank you very much. And that's it for Series 13. We have our winner, a well-deserved win for Shabira. They've been consistently brilliant across the whole season. Yes, and of course, congratulations to our other finalists, as well as all the fallen soldiers that we lost along the way. And we will do a deeper dive on our thoughts in this year's series over on our OnlyFans, where there's also scalding tea to be revealed. So join us over there at patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys. So onto this week's taste test. This one comes from Paul, who says that dry Weetabix slathered with butter is the food of gods. This one is going to spark debate for sure. So normal rules apply. You've got 30 seconds during the ads to work out whether Paul is absolutely correct or whether he should go to jail. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I am entirely, with every bone of my body, against this. I think it's absolutely abhorrent, but I imagine you might quite like it. No way. I am with you. Oh, I mean, really? Weetabix, it's like, apart from anything else, you need something to slacken it off. Weetabix just draws every bit of moisture out of your mouth. I swear, every week you talk about slackening. You need to get doing some Kegels, David. <laughs> yeah, this is true. When I was a kid, I once stole a box of Weetabix from the cupboard really early in the morning when you get up early to watch your Saturday morning cartoons and mm. tried just eating them raw. And it was a disaster and there was a mess all over the floor. And from then on, no. So I did discover this was a thing about a year and a half ago, and I tweeted about it when I was back, back when I was on Twitter in them good old days. And Nigella Lawson replied, being like, she could remember doing it with like butter and jam, which feels like even worse. Just, just have some bread. Yeah, there was definitely a thing where Weetabix, who, I mean, really, you eat Weetabix just with milk. They tried mm. to do a campaign where they were trying to say, like, why do you try it with putting yogurt on top and or sprinkling blueberries and the beans. beans? Yeah, and it, it was never going to work. And no, Paul. Paul Hollywood, get back in your box. Jail for you. So sorry. Get to jail. Right. Our first letter this week, letter, like they've written in. Like like we have a P.O. box. (laughs) Noah says, do the participants of Bake Off get to try each other's bakes during the competition? Quite a quick answer for this one. Yes. It's quite quick, but also at the same time, people have got to remember that there are a lot of crew in the tent. And when the Mm. things finish, they descend. So it is one runner's job to run round and get a slice of each cake to take it back to the baker's green room so we can try it. But we don't tend to always eat them, do we? Like, it depends on whether you want to. You've been trying them all week, so realistically, by the end of the week, you're not that bothered. If someone got, like, a handshake or someone has been, like, really praised for something, you'll go for it. But otherwise, I kind of just left them. Yeah, sometimes you do it a bit judgmentally. Hmm, really? Did they deserve that? Uh, But You've also had a lot of sweet stuff and like the whole tent smells sweet. Like often at that point, you just want some olives or a slab of cheese. You never want olives because I'm not an 80 year old man. Um, Right. Mickey said, hello, David and Michael. I was wondering if you both had a bit of advice on recipe development, recipe testing and getting out of your comfort zone with baking. I can follow a recipe, but trying to make my own seems terrifying and daunting. How did you get over that first bit of fear, if you had any, and what goes into your recipe development? 
I mean, first of all, is Mickey trying to go on Bake Off? Because not many people need to write their own recipes. You don't, you don't have to do this, Mickey. It's not a thing in life where you have to make your own recipes. There are a lot of books out there by mine. Uh, but <laughs> I would say the first thing to do is just take little steps because just changing flavors that like you hear, Michael puts cardamom in everything. So he's always mm. substituting. And then do some substitutions that are a bit more obvious, like, you know, different fats. Because we all know that like with butters and cake, like you can use oil and it does change the texture, but it probably will still work. And then I would say read up on things and just, because people, there's a lot of people who are very clever, doctors like Shabira, who explain things and say what you can substitute. The internet's a very good thing. Yeah, surely Shabira's got a book coming out that we can use that will help with all that kind of stuff. I would say the same. Whenever a recipe calls for butter, I'll always put half butter, half oil in because it kind of gives you the buttery taste but gives you the oil texture, which is basically oil is a liquid at room temperature, which means that your bake is always going to be softer when it's being left out on the side. But I tended to, when I was starting out doing flavour profiles and things like that, you find them online and I, t- I tend just to, to kind of pair a, a zest with a spice. That's my kind of go-to because then you get a kind of a subtle flavour and a kind of sharper fruity flavour. But try something basic, get like a Victoria sponge and just start throwing different flavours into it because that's quite resilient, I think. Yeah, there's also a very good book called The Flavour Thesaurus written by someone very clever and it's just brilliant. You pick a flavour and then she just tells you all the different things can match with it. Yeah, that's what I just did during Bake Off. I would just Google like hazelnut. What what flavours go with hazelnut? And I would choose two because I always do three flavours in a bake. I don't know why. Anyway, there you are, Mickey. There's some advice. Rebecca says, there is something she has always wondered about. I know it's a weird thing to think about, but I'm always stuck on it. How do they keep the bakes the correct temperature for judging? There are some bakes that need to be kept cold or kept hot for the judges, but how do they do that? There's obviously time between the end of the bake and the judging, but there has to be some way to ensure the bakes haven't melted by the time the judges get to them. What do you have to say about that, David? It's quite a simple one, really. Well, the first thing I have to say is that Rebecca also said, I love you, you're a huge fan of the podcast, etc., 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 that Michael misses out. <laughs> Just build me up, Michael. This is interesting because there's not a simple answer to this because it is true. Once we've mm. finished baking, there is this lag where they do lots of things like beauty shots, they tidy up the tent, we go and sit in a green room for a couple of hours before the judging. And so it's not always that simple to know how... Because do you know when we did the bombs? Were you the bomb week? Yeah. I was there bomb week. But my birthday. Happy birthday back then. Did I say it then? <laughs> you actually gave me a card with a willy on it. That's what you did. I did. It was a you willy said, badge. It was a willy badge. And you said, just so you get some dick this year, because you knew it was a very busy year. It was very nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> so we did the bombs and people had different elements to their bombs. And for example, I had a sorbet in the middle of my bomb. And then they were like, because really when you do a bomb, you want to serve it straight away. And they're like, it's up to you whether you want to put it in the freezer, which might wreck all your other textures, or leave it out on the side, but then your sorbet might melt. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I've got no idea. Mm. So sometimes it is quite tricky to know what to do. They give you the option of what you want done with your cake. But it's also quite good, really, because if you're having problems with something setting, you've actually got a bit more setting time than, than you can see on the screen, which can work in your favour. But then I think what happened to Maxi during pastry week was that she had her bake, which was probably fine when it was hot, but then when the fillings cooled, it sogged, and that gave her a soggy bottom, and then she went home. So, yeah, it can be a bit of a nightmare. Anyway, we're going to move on to the final person for this week, who is anonymous. So, this person says, please keep me anonymous. So I have. Well done, me. Big tick for that. One holiday season, I hooked up with a guy from what Michael calls Orange Facebook. It was a solid 8 out of 10. Hmm. Not sure, I don't want to be described as an eight, but sure, fine. Um, And afterwards, he left quite quickly. But as he left, my cat got outside through the open door. This is too soon. You remember this happened to us last week, David? Oh, hell. 
I was still in my jock straps, didn't want to go too far outside, but she was just on the pavement, so I nipped out to grab her, and the little shit that she is, she tried to turn it into a game of catch. I mean, it does sound like your cat. Yes, but I'm not just wearing a jock strap, to be clear. I'm also wearing other clothes. <laughs> anyway, I get her, and I turn around to go back inside, but the door had slammed closed. I had to knock on my neighbour's window to get them to let me back into the apartment building, all while wearing next to nothing. Awkward and very cold. That doesn't sound great. No, I mean, also, he didn't just nip out of his door. If it was an apartment block, he nipped out of his door, went out of the main door of the apartment. Yeah, that's true. He was already being quite brave. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone anywhere in a jockstrap outside, really. Would you? No, I don't really wear jockstraps. I do walk around in my underwear, but I wouldn't go outside my front door. I have pictures on my phone that I was sent of you practising for Bake Off wearing basically nothing. Oh, I do have a jockstrap, actually, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Yes, Elena put that on Twitter. Did she? I was genuinely practicing for Bread Week that week in that in that photo. Mm, bread Week in. Maybe we can put that on Patreon. Join Patreon, you get to see that picture. <laughs> it's a whole ten months till Bake Off is back on our screens, but we'll be staying in your ears where we belong. Weird way to put it, but sure. So next week we're going to start our rewatch of last year. That is series twelve in the UK, which you can see on all four or Collection 9 in the US, which I think is on Netflix. And I'm sure it's everywhere else legally as well. We'll be beginning with episode 1 next week, so feel free to watch along with us or listen along blindly. We'll have loads of thoughts and behind-the-scenes tea to spill, and hopefully we'll be more positive, because there'll actually be some quite good episodes of Bake Off there. (laughs) It'll be something nice to watch as the nights draw in, for sure. Spoken like a truly, truly aged man. Well, you write the scripts, Michael. I am a professional podcaster, what can I say? And I also like putting words in your mouth. You should have won. Thank you. You. You're so handsome. Stop it, you flirt. Stop okay, it. Okay, I'm not doing these anymore. Um, you can find <laughs> us on social media at Sticky Bum Boys and remember to send in your dating disasters, baking questions, or anything you fancy telling us. We read them all over to stickybumboys at gmail.com. And if you want to support us to keep the podcast running, as well as get all that bonus content and that picture of David from this week, join us on OnlyFlans at patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys. We'll see you next week. Keep them sticky. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? (laughs) Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 